What's going on, America? I am Graham Allen, and welcome to the Dear America podcast. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, That's so right. I'm going to go ahead and pop open my Kill Cliff Recovery. I just got out of the gym, so I'm still hopped up on my pre-workout, but we're going to get some recovery going on. I didn't just get out of the gym, but can I open mine too? Of course you can. All right, so Kill Cliff, an amazing sponsor of ours. Uh, they're just an amazing group of guys. Go to killcliff.com right now, and with the code Graham, G-R-H-E, G-R-A-H-A-M. You can get 20% off your orders. That's good stuff. Uh, go to killcliff.com right now and go check those guys out. Speaking of money, mm. we have a lot of things to talk about today. Uh, let's see. Defunding the police is a big thing going oh, on. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, coronavirus is officially over, uh, apparently. We have uh, Democratic uh, leaders in D.C., uh, doing cultural appropriation. <laughs> All right. So that used to be like a no, no. Uh, but, but we're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, but first I want to say that I just got back off of vacation, which is why this episode is a day late. Oh yeah. Because of course, when I finally decide to go on a vacation, a freaking tropical storm, Hits uh, during the middle of it, which is just par for the course at this point. Makes sense. Um, anyway, so it took me a little longer to get home yesterday than I originally thought. So I apologize. Actually, no, I don't. It was Mother Nature. You know, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, and so anyway, man, let me tell you something. I got uh, an extra day off. So. That was, yeah. See, everybody <laughs> wins. Uh, I have... Never seen anything like that in my life. And that was just a tropical storm level. Yeah. I can't even imagine like a legit hurricane. Because uh, that was freaking nuts, man. Yeah. I mean, we were right down there in Gulf Shores in the heart of when it hit. Uh, and man, oh, yeah. crazy. Dude, this one truck, this one truck, and people that have like, like live in, you know, beach areas and, you know, they're like, that's nothing. Rain. Anyway, all right. So this one truck starts backing out. And I guess when they turned the truck, it was right where the wind was like blowing for real. And they had those like rain visors on their windows. And I kid you not, as soon as they turned, all four of them flung off at no the same way. time. And just, dude, it was nuts. Dang. It was crazy. Back in Louisiana where I lived, it was some bad flooding, man. One of the places we used to go to is like five feet underwater. Yeah, well, I feel like I feel like most of the places down that close to the beach, uh, they've all got the houses that are like up on whatever. Stilts. Yeah, whatever uh, you call them. But anyway, no, overall it was cool. Um, I will never, ever, ever up here in South Carolina go, dang, it's raining outside. Now I'm like... <laughs> That didn't rain. <laughs> you I've don't seen even, some things. <laughs> yeah, I've seen some things. And some stuff. And the rain <laughs> goes sideways. <laughs> anyway, all right. So we hope yeah. everybody's safe down there. <clears throat> yeah, 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 water. yeah. Uh, I had an umbrella at one point, and the whole top part of my body was dry, but from the waist down, completely soaked because all the rain was going sideways. I feel like they didn't think that through and they made umbrellas. Yeah, they need to make like... <laughs> Almost, it looks like a condom when you're walking around. There you go. It's completely, <laughs> completely around. Walking in a bubble. All right. So, okay. That has nothing to do with the episode at all. I just wanted to let you guys know that we did not abandon you yesterday. Uh, it just was extremely difficult to get out of the tropical storm, but we made it. So, we did. Um, I took legit for the first time in almost four years, I took a vacation, a legit vacation. 
I turned the phone off. <sighs> Haven't done that in four years. Have not done that once for any amount of time. It's in, good for you. In four years. Turn the phone off for four days. I did not turn on my phone. For four days, I had no idea what was going on. For four days, I thought the world was okay for four days. <laughs> Around day three and a half, <clears throat> I started to get like anxiety mm-hmm. about turning my phone back on. Reaching <laughs> on your pockets, feeling your well, pockets. Well, no, 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 no. I, I started to get anxiety oh, I about you. how much nonsense and how many messages I was going to have by the time I turned my phone back on (laughs) and it did not disappoint. I turned my phone on and it almost shorted out (laughs) when I turned it back on. I think I had like 300 some odd text messages, uh, 76 voicemails, uh, 1100 emails. Um, I get that like in an hour. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, so uh, you know, I, I, I go through that. I basically just deleted my email box. So if it was important, <laughs> Sorry. You, you might want to resend it. Um, but then I go to social medias and I start trying to catch up on mm-hmm. what has been going on. Because in this world that we find ourselves in today, everything can change within a matter of moments. Yep. And the very first thing that I see is defund the police. It's not just a hashtag. It has actually been voted on and adopted in Minneapolis. Love it. Okay. Uh, A veto-proof vote, by the way. Nice. So even the mayor isn't for it, but the the city council, I guess, Mm -hmm. voted on a veto-proof vote, which I don't even know how that happens. How do we vote on things that are veto-proof? What the crap? What does that mean? How is that even a thing? I don't know. I guess if it's like constitutional or something, people people can't just go in and be like, "Wait a minute, guys, let's uh, you know, let's talk about this here." <laughs> yeah. Um, and, Never talk about it again. And then I see in New York City, even Bill De Blasio is now saying that they're going to divert funding to the NYPD and uh, give it to social services. That's a good way to put it. Okay. Um, so let's let's break down. Both of those things. Let's break down what happens when you defund the police. Well, actually, Minneapolis wants to dismantle the police as we know it. It's essentially what defunding is. Well, yes, it's the same thing. If you don't have funding, you can't have cops. Less officers. Yes. All right. They want to dismantle the police as we know it. Okay. Um, And then let's let's break down de Blasio and how it sounds nice. Mm-hmm. saying that we're going to divert funding from the NYPD to social services. That sounds nice. Okay, so so let's talk about that first. Uh, the defunding, or, or not defunding, the shifting of funding to social services. Because a lot of people are like, oh, Graham, what's wrong with that? Shouldn't that be what we want? Is community policing and more, more focus on community outreach? And social services in Detroit, yeah, yeah. Okay, so 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 let's talk about this. And Alyssa actually said it best. I I don't know if all of you know this, but Alyssa actually is a, a, the highest level social worker that you can be. That's Alyssa, and she said it perfect analogy. She said community outreach in general involves multiple things. 
Okay. It involves uh, DHS. It involves uh, social workers. It involves psychotherapists. It involves the police department. It involves a lot of different departments. So think of it like a car. Okay. If the car's rolling down on all four tires, everything's good. All right. If you take one of the wheels off, the car don't go. And that is the entire community outreach of things. You need the police department just as much as you need social services. 100%. Okay, I saw one thing that said they want psychotherapists to now show up to rape and murder scenes. Instantly. Right. Like, like they're the ones that are going to go there and deal with that immediately. Uh, also, another thing, I guess they want social social workers, which the majority of them are women. Uh, majority of them are tiny, tiny women. Uh, and now the social workers are just going to go strapped, I guess, and go to a house and tell two methed out parents <clears throat> that we're taking your kid into, uh, you know, state custody. Yeah. Oh, we're great. It, that, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you say it like that, does it? Yeah. You, you know, the first person <clears throat> that by law, social workers are required to call when there's even a hint of that type of stuff going on, the police. Yeah. The vet, by law, that is who they are required to call immediately. Uh, social workers, when they're getting ready to take a child out of a home, they call the police yeah. and the police meet them there. <clears throat> and the social worker issues whatever it is that, you know, why they're taking a child out of home. And then when the people obviously get really, really upset when that happens, that's why the police are there. Right. Trained to de-escalate. Yeah. Trained to, uh, <laughs> you know, if somebody wants to take a punch or a swing, metaphorically put them in a headlock. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the whole point. The point is they all work together. So for Bill de Blasio to try to make it, try to church it up, as I like to say, mm -hmm. and say things like, oh, well, we're not going to defund the police. We're just going to shift some financial resources <laughs> to focus a little more on social work. It's like an employer was like, I'm not firing you. I'm just shifting your pay to other parts. Yeah, of the to business. another department. <laughs> uh, and we still need you to show you up. You stay working here. You know, one of my favorite videos from all these riots and protests, these people on a bridge throwing rocks at cars as they drive by. Yeah. And they hit this like SUV and he slams on the, the wheels, the slams on the brakes and turns around and they're like, call the police, call the police. He's coming back. And he gets out with this like, Weapon from the future. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like this huge knife. Oh, yeah, the like Viking, claw. like, Wolverine yeah. blades. Yeah. He's like, you want to throw rocks at my cars? And they're screaming, call the police. And that's like an image of what... You want a piece of me? Of what it's going to be like. It's like, you hate the police until you need the police. And my thing on this is, go ahead. It, it stinks for the God-fearing MAGA people that live in these cities, but that's how, you know, it goes when your city is overran by liberal politics. You're probably going to have to move. Yeah. Let them defund the police, make it, you know, to where they can't go back on that for six months to a year and, and see how it works. Well, I, yes. And I want to break down how defunding the police is actually racism. Okay. I want to break that down. Defunding the police is in fact in itself racism, okay? And I'm fixing to explain why, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys a little secret. I am going back to school. 
Hey! All right. Not only has Dear America teamed up with Liberty University, I actually have finally decided to go back and finish my degree. I was like 92 credit hours. All right. So you got to have 120 for your bachelor's. So I was really close and I went to Liberty when I was in the military. And then obviously all this stuff started and I had to uh, step down for a while. But now we have Liberty University, not only sponsoring and supporting what we do here at Dear America, Mm -hmm. but I actually am going back to school to finish out because one day I'm going to run for some kind of office. And apparently you need that. You need Uh, to know your words and uh, letters. What? No, apparently you just need the sheet of paper. Uh, to do it. But uh, Liberty University is a pro-faith, pro-military, pro-law enforcement university. Go to liberty.edu slash Dear America and you get your application fee waived. So if you're like me and you wanted to go to college or you want to go back to college to finish, do it now and maybe we'll be in the same class. Who knows? That would be cool. That'd be awesome. Um, that would be so awesome. Uh, no, I'll be the dumb one in the class that's just, you know. Cheating off you. Yeah, writing with crayon uh, in the <laughs> papers. Either way, go to libertyuniversity.edu slash America right now. All right, so before we took that uh, break there, I said that defunding the police equals racism. And so what I want to do is I want to back up my thought process here as to why I believe that. So uh, it is key to not look emotionally at things, Mm -hmm. which is extremely difficult in our world today is to not be emotional. But before George Floyd, before apparently America became a racist country in the matter of, I don't know, 10 days. Is beyond me. Uh, but uh, before America became racist, we actually had a multitude of conversations with people like Candace Owens, David Harris Jr., Hodge Twins, Brandon Tatum, a lot of people, okay? And the number one most racist thing, well, actually, it's not racism. This was, this was their argument years ago, that racism is, ra- racial inequality is not the issue. Financial inequality is the issue. And what you're finding. All right, classism. Yeah, that in Democratic-led cities and states, there is a huge financial inequality primarily within the black community. Okay, but why is this? You have to ask yourself the question as to why. It's easy just to say, oh, there's financial inequality because it's racism. People just hate black people. No, no. That's not true. In fact, a lot of these Democratic elected officials are black. Okay? So you got to ask yourself the hard questions. Well, why? Why is it that the majority of these crime-ridden, low-education, high-mortality-rate cities are not only Democratic-ran, they're black American Democratic-ran? Yeah. Ask yourself why. So what did they mean? So this is before George Floyd, and we're going to talk about how defunding the police equals to this vicious cycle. Okay, here was the cycle. All right. What ends up happening is in these type of communities is the black community ends up living in the lower income areas, the higher crime rated areas. Okay, so what happens when people live in the lower income, higher crime rate areas? The businesses pull out of those areas 
All right. It's almost like they cut, they cut the loss. All right. Like, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't make sense financially to go in there. So we're going to move the business over to the suburb area. All right. We're going to make more money. We're going to hire more people. We're going to have more jobs. There's going to be more economic growth. All right. So that leaves the, what ends up being referred to as the ghetto. Mm-hmm. All right. To suffer. Okay. The world goes around by money. No matter where you are, no matter what race you are, no matter what gender you are, no matter what spiritual uh, affiliation uh, you affiliate with, money makes the world go round. Wherever the money is, the better life people have. Just plain and simple. Okay, so these businesses abandon these areas. All right? It equals to lower money. It equals to higher crime rates, more drugs, higher uh, pregnancy rates, uh, which leads to the breakdown of the nuclear family because a lot of the fathers end up in prison because they're selling the drugs because they got no money in the area. They got nothing else to do because the school system sucks. Okay? Because when the areas start to suck, then the schools start to suck because there's no money being dumped in to these schools. Or worse, the money keeps going to the leaders of these right. areas, and they're not held accountable to the fact that in Baltimore, for example, the average African-American high school graduate could not read at a sixth grade level. Right. But yet we're dumping millions of dollars to pay the salaries of these uh, educational leaders, of the uh, elected officials, and they're failing their communities. Right. And these are democratic these are all, I'd say 99% are Democratic elected officials. I'd probably say 70% of those are black Democratic elected officials. Right. Okay? So before George Floyd, before this whole attack against the police, that was already going on. And that was a major point of conversation that conservatives have been saying and fighting for for years. But then you had George Floyd, okay, which Derek Chauvin was white. But the other three officers weren't all white that that happened. But nobody wants to talk about that. You had an Asian-American. You had a black guy in there. You had a Hispanic-American. I mean, literally, you had the freaking four horsemen of racists in there. Not racist, races. But nobody wants to talk about that. All right, so now all of a sudden, you got police brutality running rampant. Mm -hmm. And the way that you want to do this is you want to defund. Just get rid of them. Get rid of the police. That's the answer. Get rid of the police. Negating the fact that Chicago just had its most horrific and fatal day of the year Mm -hmm. just this past weekend. 92 people shot. 20-some-odd people dead in Chicago. I wonder why that is. Why do you... Could that possibly possibly be a direct correlation to the fact that the police are under attack and they're having to focus their efforts elsewhere and then they're also more hesitant to do their job and the criminals know this? That couldn't possibly be it. Mm. That couldn't possibly have a single thing to do with it but let's get back to the defunding the police equals racism by calling to defund the police which is a blatant black lives matter organization call Mm -hmm. all right it is being met with acceptance by 
Democrats. Majority Democratic leaders. Okay. So we've already talked about the fact that it remains true that Democratic led areas are the least funded, the most crime, the most teen pregnancies without fathers. We've already talked about that. Also, it can be argued that where all of these rioted protests are happening are in the Democratic-led gun-free cities. But again, nobody wants to talk about that. All right? You defund the police, you get chaos, you get violence, you get destruction of property, which is going to do what? It's going to make the businesses and the money leave those areas. Mm Mm-hmm which is going to create new low-income, high-crime, high-drug areas, which is going to create new ghettos, which is going to create less funding for education, which is going to create uh, high school graduates reading on middle school level, which means they're not going to be able to get jobs, which means they're going to turn to crime, which means they're going to turn to drugs, and the cycle continues over and over and over again. So by Black Lives Matter calling for defunding the police, Black Lives Matter is actually revealing themselves to be the racist of this conversation because they don't actually care about black lives. Because if they did, they would realize that they need, if anything, we need to fund the police more Mm -hmm. so we can have more training for these officers. So what happened to George Floyd Never happens again. Right. But well, nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. It's a few things. You have to have reparations, 300-something thousand for everybody. Uh, no more police. You have to put a black uh, picture on your profile, and you have to kiss their feet. Once those four things are met, everything's going to be great. Now, I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for this, but where people say it's system- Come on. systematic, you know how they say that? There are roots of back in the 60s where there were these sectioned off areas where they basically forced the poor black people to live. Right. And there are poor uneducated white people too, that have the same inequalities when it comes to education and all this, that's where the roots of like it's systemic comes from. Right. But now you have, you know, affirmative action that helped initially and still helps for them. And you have democratic leaders. Why are you still in the same position you're in? Right. And, and that's the point. Like when you see the racist, when you see racist people, Jake, obviously. Right. And when you see the people in Congress kneeling like they're they're with you, it's like, well, what have they done for you up to this point? Because if if that's the reason you keep voting for them, why are there still problems? And they're kneeling in solidarity saying, keep voting for us. We're going to change things. What what are they going to do? That's going to, what magic wand do they have that's going to erase all your problems? Because up to this point, they haven't done anything. You had Barack Obama in office and we're still a racist country. What needs to change? And apparently it's just getting rid of all police, which, yeah, like you said, is going to put a lot more black lives at risk. You think gang violence in Chicago is going to go down if you get rid of police there? It's just not not the way to go. And, And we're open to solutions and we came to the table and when your response is get rid of police it's hard to take you seriously yeah after that so so i'm all about fairness okay oh yeah all, i think everybody all is. about fairness so, so so let's be fair here i'm old enough to remember about two years ago when a white girl 
put on a Japanese-themed dress to go to prom and got drugged through the mud for cultural appropriation. Because apparently that's wrong. But yet we just saw, just yesterday, in freaking D.C., Democratic officials wearing African garb, kneeling to show some kind of solidarity. Would that not be using cultural identification for political and statement purposes. Isn't that the very definition of that? But, but, but that's okay. Right. To do. Was George Floyd from Africa? No. In fact, there's a video going around of an actual African woman from Africa. Yelling at the black lives matter. Basically saying that, uh, what those democratic officials did was blatantly racist. Uh, Anyway, so so yeah. I just I, I find that weird. So, so 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 here's another thing. Okay, you talked about the list of demands. Mm-hmm. Okay, that in itself is racism. It just is. You want a race to do these things, or you don't have this. My my manager is black. His name's Jason. I don't know. A lot of people don't know that, but but me and Jason talk about this stuff a lot. Um, and and he was telling me that this whole. You know, white people have to apologize. White people have to do this for the black people. That's racist. And he said, he said, look at it like this. He said, if I'm in the gym and somebody asked me once, hey, you got that? You need a spot? You need a spot? You know, that's okay. You know, thanks. Thanks for, you know, making sure I'm all right. Mm -hmm. He said, if you ask me every time I'm going to lift something, if I need a spot, well, now you're being judgmental and metaphorically in this situation racist. Right. Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not capable exactly. of doing this myself. I need the white man's help. That's what white privilege is to help me it's do racist. this. Yeah. No, that's racist. I don't need your help. I, I can do it myself. I can pay my own bills. I can go to school. Jason put it in really good context for me. He's like, man, at the end of the day. I don't know anyone in my family that hasn't gone to college. I don't know anyone in my family, and he's he's all black. He, he doesn't have a white mama or a white dad or anything like that. He says it is all about your own choices of what you decide to do. If you really look at it, me and Jason side by side, he is far more privileged uh, as far as as far as his upbringing, right. as far as the opportunities that he had, mm-hmm. uh, as far as his education, as far as where he went to college, as far as his rank in the military, he outdoes me on every single. I'm a redneck from Mississippi who came from a broken home that has a high school education. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. So so you cannot tell me. That racism is rampant everywhere. No, no. It is geographically in certain areas more predominant in some places. But then you have to take the actual responsibility of what do all those places have in common? Mm -hmm. Kamala Harris came out yesterday and she said the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time. She goes, uh, look at the middle uh, uh, look at the middle class or suburb areas and you won't see the same police presence you see in the inner cities. Ding, 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 ding. Duh. <laughs> Why do you think that is, you blatant moron? And then, and then people are going, oh my God, yeah, tell them, tell them. So speak, speak the truth. 
Yeah, we know that. It's the truth. Wherever there's more crime, there's going to be more police. You idiot. Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, and I would challenge you again. Now, again, I'm not saying it's 100% of the time, but I'm saying the mass majority. All right? Look at these high-income areas and show me the ratio between Democratic run versus Republican run. Show it to me. Prove to me that I'm not wrong. That the vast majority of these areas that have low income, low education, high crime, high gun fatalities, uh, high crime in general, mm-hmm. high uh, police incidences, if you will, and I'm doing the metaphorical finger quotations, show me that the majority of those areas are not Democratic run. Mm-hmm. Prove it to me. Prove it to me that I'm not right. Yeah. Prove it. To me, Atlanta, Chicago, New Orleans, New York. Do you have any idea how long it's been since a Democrat was not in charge of those areas? And what has it changed? Nothing. How has it helped your situation in those cities? Nothing. This is not a black-white thing. It's not. Policy. It It is policy. It is policy. But nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. And there was this sheriff. I don't know what city it was, but it's one of my favorite videos going around right now. And he was addressing a Black Lives Matter crowd. And he said, I'm with you. This is a terrible thing that happened. But instead of trying to defund the police and getting mad at me, how about you come down to the station and put Uh a badge on, take some training and police your own neighborhood and see what it's like. See that every single encounter you have with someone is potential life or death. Yeah, like you can go a simple traffic stop and you're not going home to your family. So police have a reason to always be on that line. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And and when you grow up your whole life being told by your parents that they just are ready to shoot you, they want to shoot you, they want to kill you, of course you're going to be afraid of the police. I'm I'm afraid sometimes, like, if I see lights behind me, my stomach drops. Everybody does. Everybody does. Everybody doesn't like being pulled over by the police. And when you're raised your whole life to fear death, it's like, yeah, you're going to fear the police. And when that cop that may not have as much training in a bad neighborhood is already considering this could be life or death for me too, it's a bad combination. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think we've we've hammered this one in good enough. Yeah, I, I agree. So, uh, okay. Uh, well, let's move on to the other biggest revelation of the year. But before we do that, let's get into a sponsor. Even though the country is opening up again, some of us are a little leery about being in confined spaces with the public. If you're looking for a great gift idea for Father's Day that's safe and COVID-free, please consider iTarget Pro. This is one of the coolest ways to dry fire train with your gun at home using their proprietary app and laser bullet. It's convenient, safe, and will save you a ton of money on ammunition. Dry fire training will help develop muscle memory, help with target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more. iTarget comes in all major calibers including 223 and 556 so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm for father's day get 10% off plus free shipping with the offer code graham don't let circumstances dictate whether or not you are going to train take back control with iTarget pro that's the letter i targetpro.com itargetpro.com offer code graham see some of these things in the policing uh policy that they're trying to introduce i'm okay with like ban on chokeholds, ban on no knock warrants. Um, 
See, like some of that. I don't, but 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 I I completely disagree. You got to put somebody in a chokehold. If you, okay, so if you do that, if mm-hmm. you ban a chokehold, okay, then what you're actually doing is, what if a cop is legit? wrestling with somebody for their life at that point Mm -hmm. if they instinctively put them in a chokehold now they're going to be in trouble yeah you see what i'm saying like the the truth is you cannot do that it needs to remain what it always has been situation dictated that's why we have body cams that's why we have review of every incident of every situation if you want to really, really trend the system, then fund every single police officer having body cams. Make it illegal to turn your body cam off ever. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, for I, sure. Look, when you, when you do things like that, it's the same thing that ended up happening in the military, where eventually we got to a point when we were in war that we could only shoot back if we got shot at first. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm saying? But even like immunity, like the fact that cops are protected or people who have like 20 complaints and they're still an officer. It's like I I feel like at some point you should be held accountable and cops shouldn't be protecting other cops that have 20 complaints. Given not all of those complaints may be accurate, but still – I think that's part of the problem. Those are the bad apples that end up doing something like this. And if we have a way to monitor those people closer that have a whole bunch of complaints, it's like maybe you shouldn't be out on the street. Sit in the office and take phone calls. Again, I, I'm, I'm not disregarding that. I'm not saying that cops, much like the military, should not be held to much higher standards right, than other sure. people. Okay? If you have the power vested in you that that badge gives you Mm -hmm. yes you should be held to a much higher standard you should not go out when it's your time off and act a fool like normal people do right because you as a police officer same thing with like pastors and stuff like that you have a responsibility given the occupation in which you chose to hold to behave and operate at a higher level. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. Right. I do not agree with people that are in true life or death situations to have their hands tied behind their back. Right. I don't agree with that. So their life matters less than the person they're trying I to I don't agree arrest. with it. Yeah. I don't agree with it. It's the same thing of if somebody breaks into your home, the second they make the decision to cross that door, shoot them in the freaking face. I completely 100% stand by that, and I always will. Well, just because they broke into your home, you had to kill them? They weren't going to kill you. How do you know that? See what I'm saying? The second somebody makes the conscious decision to go after a police officer, okay? The second somebody tries to fight a cop in some way, shape, form, or fashion, I do not agree in putting handcuffs metaphorically on the police officers that are in that situation. It's really easy for us to sit here and say, "Uh, I don't know if I would have done it. You have no freaking clue what you would do. Yeah. When you're like, none of you have any idea what you would do. It's the same thing. Well, I wouldn't steal anything. If you were hungry, you would. Right. Like that. You would steal in an instant. If you were truly hungry, you have no idea what you would do. If chemically, and instinctively, you are afraid that it's either you or them. Oh, yeah. You have no clue what you would do. And that's what I have a problem with us getting in the conversations about. We, we, we expect these people to go into these situations that none of us have ever experienced or have any idea what it is. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to sit there and dictate 
how they should have handled something when they have a millisecond to decide. Yeah. I don't like that. I, I think that that's just a a slippery slope for sure to go down. One last thing about the police thing. Uh, recently, George Floyd's fa- family petitioned the UN to ban police in America in general. How about that? Yeah, no, I believe it. I, I, I 100% believe it. Uh, let's talk about cancel culture really quick before we talk about COVID-19. I know we said we we're going to do that, but, but I want to talk about cancel culture. So while I was out, uh, apparently Drew Brees came under attack uh, because he said that he did not support disrespecting national anthem. And then a bunch of no-spined, gutless cowards. Gutless, spineless cowards. And I pray, I pray that one of the NFL superstars sees this or hears this in some way. Spineless cowards. These people knew Drew Brees personally. These people had Drew Brees' phone number. Okay, this guy borderline single-handedly rebuilt New Orleans. Okay, brought hope back to an entire city. Donated millions of dollars to charities. He has been your brother for years. And then you didn't like the way he worded something. So you make a social media viral post about him. You don't have the balls to call him and talk to him. Every single one of you deserves zero respect. Yeah. Not only as a, as a, as a player, but as a man. None of you are men. None of you. Every single one of you. It's one thing, because I know that I make a lot of social media posts. I don't know these people personally. I'm talking about things that are public knowledge, that are out in the public, and I'm addressing things about people that I do not know personally. Mm -hmm. If people that I know personally do something that I don't like, I call them and I talk to them privately because I know their heart and I know who they are. But you decide to use a woke moment to embarrass and drag their name and their family through the mud so you can get views. Yeah. You're cowards. Every single one of you are spineless. I will not be supporting the New Orleans Saints in any way, shape, form, or fashion because I don't support cowards. And that's exactly what every single one of you are. And then the thing that irritates me the most is Drew Brees got put in a situation. I want to know what really happened behind closed doors. I would not be surprised if the New Orleans Saints came to Drew Brees and said, if you don't apologize, your future is in some legit trouble. I would not be shocked. Okay? Uh, Which is, I I can't say what I would do because I'm not in that situation. All right? I know Drew Brees is very well off with money. All right? But you bent the knee, man. You backed down on what you truly believe. You didn't say that you hate black people. You didn't say that. You said you disagree with that manner of protest, which I do too. Right. Doesn't mean that we're racist. Doesn't mean that you're stopping it and lifting people up from their knee. It's yeah. like, I disagree with how you're doing that. You even said, you even said when it was all going on that people can protest how they want to, but you right. don't want to do that that way. That's not racist. So Kaepernick can have his opinions and protest how he wants, but Drew Brees, no, you got to do it the way we say. You bent the knee, man. Drew Brees, man, you're a great dude, 
and, and and I don't know what I would have done Super great in your dude. situation, but but I definitely lost some respect there. I think he's such a good dude that that he's like, you know what? I don't care how it makes me look. I love all these people. You know that that's one thing. I saw a Jocko uh, clip over the weekend. It's one of the best clips I've ever seen, and he he gives this example of when the British in World War One, the British were fighting the Germans, and on Christmas he heard the Germans celebrating. And the Germans were like, come on over. And the British celebrated Christmas with the Germans and they became friends. And the next couple of days they were quote unquote attacking each other. And they told them like, just duck down at this time. And they all shot over. Right. Until about a week later when the Brits were like, yeah, you're going to be executed if you do not fire upon the Germans. So then the war commenced again. But he basically said they realized that their enemies on the other side were just people. And to remember that, you know, as you're protesting, when you're looking at that officer He's a person. And officers, when you're looking at that rioter, he's a person with the same faults as you. You know, I think Drew probably saw it similar to that. Like, these are my friends, and even if what they're saying I don't really agree with, they're people and they're hurting, and I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can, even if it makes me look like a coward, to, to make them feel better in this situation. <clears throat> I saw what Terry Crews saw. I saw black supremacy. That's what I saw. Terry Crews is under fire because he said a tweet. He was like, requiring all white people to do exactly what black people say or we can't have peace, that's black supremacy. We need white people and black people united together yeah, exactly. to have equality in this country. That was black supremacy. That's what that was. Okay? That's what it was. All right? At the end of the day, if Colin Kaepernick had never taken the knee, he would have been kicked out of the NFL within two years because he was a backup quarterback, period. He would have. He would not have been in the NFL within two years. He got about a year and a half, and then he was let go. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. If Colin Kaepernick had never knelt, he would have never been in the, in the NFL anyway. It had nothing to do with race. Nothing. Nobody stopped Colin Kaepernick from doing his protest. Right. Ooh, they fired him. Not because he was black, not because he was protesting, because he was a crappy quarterback. How dare you? What happened to Drew Brees, that was black supremacy, and uh, that 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 is just as wrong as white supremacy, as you call it. Right. Uh, all right, so let's talk really quick to end this out. Let's talk about the COVID-19 lie. What COVID? Yeah, exactly. So, all right. First of all, I made a video about this, and for everybody hating on me, Graham, I had COVID-19. Well, you're clearly all right. <laughs> it is not a lie. Well, yeah, but you didn't die, obviously. I didn't say COVID-19 wasn't real. I said that now the World Health Organization has come out to say that asymptomatic spreading of the disease, which, in case you have forgotten, was the biggest fear yeah. of COVID-19. You're going to kill your grandma. That was the reason that we shut down for three months. Mm -hmm. That was the reason that we tanked the economy. That was the reason that millions of Americans are out of jobs. That was the reason that thousands of small businesses have closed. That was the reason that we've gone almost $3 trillion further in debt. That was the reason that schools were closed. Mm-hmm. 
Because asymptomatic spread was going to be the thing that killed us all. That's why they were arresting people. That's why we arrested people that were alone on the beach. That's why we arrested salon owners opening their businesses to try to feed their family. That's why in California they filled in freaking freaking, uh, skate parks so kids couldn't skateboard. Moms and dads at the park. And now the World Health Organization goes, our bad. It's not real. First of all. Every single one of you shamers that tried to shame people for not wearing masks in public. Hello, New York grocery stores. I'm talking to you. All right. Every single one of you that got mad at people trying to go to work to feed their families. Every single one of you that called us grandma killers. You owe every single freaking real American an apology Mm -hmm. because we were right. We have been right on this show the entire time. Watch every episode the past month, month and a half. We have said this is garbage. This isn't what they're saying that it is. It is, it is just another virus. Yes. People have lost their lives, but they were going to lose their lives anyway. Mm -hmm. It happens with viruses. It is not something to shut the country and the economy down for you owe every single person an apology because we were right and where's the number like fox news every news station had the number on 24 7 100 whatever thousand why are they still not showing it if it's going up like isn't that news no it's because like we said the news knows that we tune in when stuff like this is going on so they make it as big of a deal as possible They make their money. Meanwhile, I've been touching doorknobs, elevator buttons, not wearing a mask, trying to strengthen my immune system back up while everybody's still. I I got on the elevator the other day with this woman and her son, me and my wife, and the woman said, this is too many people covering her mouth and walked out of the elevator. Four people. I laughed. People are stupid. I said, I hope you live a long and healthy life, man. People (laughs) are stupid. Look, guys, at the end of the day, if you don't think that it's strange and you're not paying attention to right about the time that people start asking questions on, wait a minute, why can we not go to church? But yet all these people are protesting. Yeah. Right about the same time, the World Health Organization goes, oh, yeah, that whole asymptomatic thing are bad. That's yeah. not real. Yeah, I'm having awful this, convenient. I'm having this huge protest at my apartment this weekend. If you want to come over, it's protesting uh, uh, people who don't drink beer. So yeah, drink Trump. Beer. Trump has come out saying that he's going to resume his rallies in two weeks. Watch, pew, pew, pew. watch how quickly they go. Trump is spreading the virus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's back. Asymptomatic. Uh, I will be there if it's anywhere within I don't know eight nine hour drive. I'm going. I am going, and as soon as I find out where it is, I'm going to try my best to make it the biggest rally yet. Oh, man. Um, It's going to be awesome. And so, anyway, all right, I think that's it for today's episode. I think that's it. Um, Guys, we appreciate you so much. We apologize for this episode being late, but we hope you enjoyed this one because we broke down a lot of stuff. We've been all philosophical and things here. Uh, Jake, where can they find you? Instagram at producer underscore Jake. And of course, I'm Graham Allen. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Dear America podcast. My book, America 316, is on sale. You can go to America316.com and pre-order yours right now. And we got Dear America Live Dear America Live tomorrow. Um, We may have a special guest. I don't know. Still working on that. But either way, thank you guys. Uh, Thanks for listening. And we'll see you all again next time. See you.